Welcome back to another episode, another one of the Diamond Download. I'm Cardinal Mason. This is your host, Chase Diamond. Chase, how you doing? Dude, I'm doing well. Uh, I think we talked about this last week off camera. I've been shocked by like the diverse number of people I've been listening to this. I know like Jimmy Kim listened to this. Uh, some Jimmy EP Kimmel? that I want. Was that? Jimmy Kimmel listens to this? No, no Jimmy Kim Sun Lane. Uh, and then I went to the lunch last week with like the VP of sales at a you know tech SaaS company. He listened to it. You mentioned like a bunch of your friends listened to it. It's like really random, but not in a bad way. Like who listens to this? It's kind of cool. How are you doing? Uh, dude, I, I I love that's a good way to start it off. Social proof. Get people <laughs> wanting more. Everyone needs to know the biggest names in late night talk show. Jimmy Kimmel is listening to our show, man. So uh, yeah, I mean, also too, apparently the send lane, dude, I love Jimmy. I just tweeted at you before this. Um, Jimmy, okay, real quick, shout out Jimmy again, because we do this literally every week. Um, Ron from Obby was like, hey, Jimmy, it'd be great if we could have sort of like a floating like text um, whatever bar where you could bold underline strike through it italicized as you scroll down the page, so you don't have to whatever. And he turned it around. I don't know how fast he did it, but he made a video saying, Hey, thanks for the shout out. We made this feature. It was like quick, right? Yeah, I think it was like under a week. I think it was maybe days. I saw I saw that tweet too, and I was trying to go back to see when it was requested. And I think it was like sub a week. It might have even been like a couple of days. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah, I was gonna look for it, but um so Jimmy said that today. I was on the 26th. Oh, actually, sorry. So it was, it was a couple of weeks. I think it was last 26th. So it was right around a month it took them to build it out. But that was like a new thing that probably wasn't on their roadmap. So still very, very quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a DJ taking requests that is like not, not in the queue. It's <laughs> like, oh, like I'm playing Drake. You want to hear Sweet Caroline? All right, let me see how I can work that in. And then three songs later, you're hearing Sweet Caroline, even though it's supposed to be like, a bunch of drill UK trap music. So very good for Jimmy. I like um, it. Okay. So dude, let's, let's jump right into this. we got three banger topics for our, our people today. The first one is how to get out of a rut. So, I mean, dude, we go through this all the time. It doesn't matter where you're at in your entrepreneurial journey. It doesn't matter how emotionally mature you are. It doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter how, where you are in your life. Everyone gets in these little ruts for days or weeks or sometimes even months at a time. I'm assuming that as a, an entrepreneur who's been in the game for over a decade, you've been through a handful of these. Um, what does it look like for you when you're in a rut? And then how do you get out of it? Yeah, it's funny. Like for, for me, my biggest like downtimes lately are like when the link to algo, algo isn't super nice and friendly. I'm like, dang it, this sucks. Then like it just messes with me mentally. And I think yeah. for, for me, like specifically that, but also outside of that, you just have to zoom out. So like when I look at like my impressions for a given day, or a given period of days, it's like, oh man, this sucks. But when then I zoom out and I look at like where I was three months ago or six months ago or a year ago, and I see just like the chart going up towards the right, I think it just gives you perspective. So I think like when you're in things, it just feels so intense and it feels overwhelming and it feels like this is going to take over your life. And then do a few days go by, a few weeks go by, that feeling that you had, you don't even remember it anymore. So I think it's important to take a step away, take a deep breath. I mean, and even like go exercise, right? Like take a shower, go on a walk, call a friend, listen to some music. So I think just like a distraction and kind of just putting your mind at ease and just being under the, the notion and understanding that like this pain, this rut, this whatever you want to call it is temporary, right? I think we hear a lot of this a lot, like with athletes, like, oh, someone's having a slump, right? 
And because they're athletes, right? Like this ebbs and flows and it comes in waves. So I don't know necessarily how they do it. I would imagine they just probably have more attempts at bat and they're practicing a little harder and they're working a little bit harder. So that way, you know, whether it's good luck or it's will or it's force, they're just going to find a way to kind of crawl out of it. So those are kind of my, my initial thoughts. What, what about yourself? Dude, I, everything you said is, is pretty on point. Yeah, you especially like the ability to compare yourself to like where you were before. If you feel like you're not doing that great, then um, you have to like set a look back at your history and be like, where was I? Like, for example, today was like the worst day in business in a long time. We did $3,800. And like we've consistently been doing like 12K days like every single day for the last like, I don't know how long, like two months now. And so like now I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh my God, like what are we gonna do? And I now I'm thinking like back, you know, a year ago or even six months ago, like a 3K day would have been like phenomenal. Like literally like worth partying over. So <laughs> yeah, like I think what people should do is like you should get into a habit of journaling every day. And like actually track your mood. I did this when I was going through like a really hard hard time, like a couple of years ago. Um, I would journal every single day and sort of like rate my mood out of 10 on the day. Interesting. And then you can kind of see like why your mood was the way it was. And also you can see like if you were an eight that day and today you're feeling like a two, but like all the circumstances are better, you can kind of justify it logically and and realize like, yeah, I mean, things just are the way they are. Like, I, there's no reason I should be feeling this way. And sometimes you can logic your way out of it. But most of the time, like, you got to just be nice to yourself for a couple of days and just remember that, like, if you ever feeling like that, like nothing is ever permanent. Like, if you're feeling down, just know that in a couple of weeks, you're going to be like, high as a kite again, and you'll be, you'll be okay. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Like, to the point that you made, like, before, like, and I think this is all about, like, leveling up. It's like, before in the past, if you would ever accomplish X goal, whether it was a social goal, a financial goal, a health goal, a weight goal, like whatever it was, you would be like over the moon and be like, this is the best day ever. It can't get any better. And then you get there, right? And then you're like, oh, wow, like I'm here. And then you set the goal in the bar higher, right? So I think like inherently as like high achievers, entrepreneurs, 1% type mindset, like if you're not feeling disappointed in certain things, you're not growing, right? Because it's like, if you're not like, for example, if, if today if just shy 4,000 is like a bummer of a day, you look back three years, you probably would have been lucky to make $400 for a day, right? Mm-hmm. And then you now it's like your new goals are 12 a day. And then once you get to 12, it's like, you know, you want to get to 20. And then if you get, if you're still at 12, you're like, dang, this is such a bummer. But I think that's yeah. the best thing is just like constantly push yourself and set the goal so far in advance that if you fall a little bit short, while you might be temporarily disappointed, when you look back at where you've come, it's a mile apart. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Okay. Next one. How to know what your next big business opportunity is. So I, I sort of wrestle with a couple of different ideas of or how to word this kind of thing. But like, I think this is probably a thing that a lot of entrepreneurs deal with. I wrote an email kind of similar to this. Um, but like, Everything we do, we know that it has sort of like a a runway of like, I don't know, three to five years. And sometimes like, because I know that about everything I'm doing right now, like three to five years probably is how long it'll last. Yeah. And I think about like, what am I going to do when I'm 30? And then I start to stress myself out thinking like, am, am I going to have any good ideas by the time I'm 30? Or am I just going to have no juice left and just kind of like be back at zero? Like what, like, do you, do you have a formula for sort of thinking about big opportunities and 
and then how to build them and like what to know is like the thing you should be taking action on? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think like just naturally being curious. I think you're very curious. I'm very curious. We're just very interested. You know, we understand how business works and we always are trying to like reverse engineer anything, whether it's a funnel that got us to buy or whether someone's told us about the story of this entrepreneur and we want to go dive into it. So I think like just being naturally curious, um, I used to worry, not that I don't worry, I obviously still have some doubt about like what I'm going to do or what I want to work on. But just knowing that we're naturally curious, there are so many things that you can explore. And for, for me, like, um, you know, about a year ago, I wanted to take LinkedIn really, really seriously. So I started reverse engineering, like what were the people doing that worked and what they were doing other than posting good content and lots of good content is they were either bartering or paying people to engage with their stuff. So I started paying someone, right? And I started paying, you know, a few thousand dollars a month to grow my own LinkedIn. And then fast forward until a couple months ago, I'm like, huh, I have my LinkedIn that's big now. I've been paying someone to do this. Like this idea has been right in front of me the whole time. I just never acted upon it, right? So I think like when you're just in the the motion of doing things and you're just curious and you're just testing and trying and you're always open to learning, I just think like the opportunities are in front of you and it's whether you can, you know, locate them and pick them up and kind of massage them a little bit to see which one has legs or longevity. And I also too, like with that, like I have like this kind of like this loose operating system where like we've talked about how I suck at SaaS. SaaS is really hard. I don't think I'll ever start a SaaS. You know, obviously we'll join a SaaS or partner with SaaS and those types of things. But it really comes down to me, like I'm good at services. I'm not good at physical products. I'll never probably start an e-commerce brand, but I'm good at services. You know, our agency for e-commerce, you know, my LinkedIn growth thing, consulting, uh, those types of things. So anything within those realms, I'm interested in. And the latest thing has been this concept of a productized service, which essentially is like a glorified agency, but it's focusing on a specific offering or, or kind of a small amount of offerings, almost like a, a small menu. Like if you go to like a Chick-fil-A or like a Raisin Cane's or an amount, the menu is really small. And that's kind of more like a productized service where if you go to like a, a restaurant that has 10 pages worth of things, I kind of equate that more to like an agency that kind of can do anything and everything. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, w- I asked this question more so like, for advice. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm looking for like the next thing to do, but like I don't really have an answer for this one. I think like I think it takes time in the game to sort of realize like where your ideas come from. I think a lot of it too is really sort of chance and fate. Yeah. And like every business idea that you have that really works sort of hits like a lightning strike. Where it's like it's just something that was just it just appeared there and you kind of have to jump on it. And that's just it is what it is. Um because like you know what made me think of this actually? I watched a video. You know who Mike Posner is? Well, it sounds very familiar. Bill in a Beza, that guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, the artist. Yeah. He was talking about how like he was like he was like a big artist back in like 2009 and 2011. Had a couple of hits, and then for years, like five years in a row, couldn't get one to land. And then he was just like he had sort of like a crisis where I was thinking, and and he was just talking about how like he didn't think he was going to be able to do anything. Like he was just bored. He had no purpose or whatever. And then he wrote that song and obviously revived his career and everything was good. But it was kind of ironic because the song was about having nothing to do because you're a, a no, like a nobody now that you're like a one hit wonder. And then that brought him back to the map. Anyway, I think a lot of people kind of go through that in business. And like, I'm just trying to find ways to mitigate that happening to me. Um, yeah. One, one thing to add is like, I mean, I think last week that the interview with starter story come out, like right there, right? Like if you're naturally curious, 
you find sites out there like Starter Story and some of the others that literally are documenting entrepreneurs' journeys. You know, where they are at, how they had the idea, what they did. I think finding sites and databases like that that just have like a plethora of ideas, uh, whatever one is like, oh, I have the skills to do that or, oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize you could make money with that. I even think finding like databases or sites like that are really interesting for you just to go down the rabbit hole of like how people are making money. And it's going to probably surprise you. And by the way, great interview, by the way. I listened to that. I think I texted you on the weekend or on Friday or something. You crushed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I think that's one thing that beginners have over us is like for if you're used to sort of like if you have like a regular job, right? And you're trying to find a business that can make you 100 to 500K a year. That's super easy. Like there's so many things you can do. You like probably an agency or some sort of service thing like copywriting is probably the best way to do that. Yeah. Um, but to get to find something where it's like, all right, how can I net 5 million a year, 10 million a year? Those opportunities are harder to come by. Yeah. Um, but I mean, dude, I think it's just like, I think they just reveal themselves to you. And I think that's like the point of business. And that's why we sort of value it is because it is scarce. Those opportunities don't come around every day. And I think, um, yeah, if you can snag one while it's hot and you can do really well, then that's a chance to build um, a crazy amount of wealth. 100%. Last, last question. Um, a company in our space that you're bullish on, self-explanatory, like any anyone that uh, maybe, maybe we follow them on Twitter or like they're sort of in the, the world with us where it's like you just think they're doing better than everybody else. They're going to crush everybody. Yeah, I think there's a few. Like a few that came to mind was like Workweek. I think you're familiar with that. I don't know if most are aren't, but I think like the best way to describe Workweek is like it's a media company of creators and influencers that by adding all of the individual parts, like the sum is greater. So they'll have like certain verticals and niches of creators and influencers that they uh, partner with or they buy or they own a percentage of. I think the model is a little bit different. And what Workweek's premises is they'll provide like back office, you know, whether it's everything like we'll make sure the scheduling goes live, we'll we'll find and we'll book and we'll deal with sponsors, we'll deal with helping grow the newsletter. It's like everything that creators don't love or wish they had more time to do or wanted to hire someone to do in some sense work we help with. They are venture backed, right? So I don't know like if that's supposed to be a venture business or not. I don't know actually know how they're doing. On the outside it seems like they're doing well. That seems like a really cool company. I've had not the exact idea, but like a similar idea, more around like bundling newsletters together for like the arbitrage. So say you had like 10 newsletters and they each charge $1,000, right? So, you know, that would be $10,000. Could you go sell that same package to an advertiser for 15 or 20,000? And you as the sell salesperson or the seller could take the arbitrage of the five or 10K you know, in between. So I think that's kind of like a really interesting business and model. And then... Do you follow uh, Nick Huber? He's like the sweaty startup guy by any chance. Did you see his recent... Uh, he did like a long post probably a couple of days ago. I was texting him about it uh, where he broke down like all of his businesses, how well they're doing. Text? You're friends with him? Uh, I wouldn't say we're friends. Like we were kind of engaging with each other stuff on LinkedIn. Like we would send each other texts like, hey, engage with this, engage with that. And he posted oh, a thread. And I was like, dude, this is great. Like this is awesome. And he sent me like a really nice text back saying like, thanks, man. Like really cool to see your growth as well. But he he's really interesting where like his whole goal is like him at the center as like this influencer creator media company. You know, I think he was spending like 30 or 50 grand a month just growing his personal brand, with like social ads and newsletter ads. And then he was partnering with a bunch of operators. He had like an SEO firm. He had like a cost segregation firm. 
You know, he had a, a hiring firm in the U.S. He partnered with someone called Shepard that does hiring overseas. So all in all, I think he's got like half a dozen to a dozen businesses that all center around like him going viral and being able to plug things each direction. So I think that model is really interesting. And I think we're starting to see a lot of like companies partner with folks like that, you know, give away a meaningful amount of equity because it seems like he's driving substantial revenue. I think he was saying that he's doing about a million dollars a month for the companies that he owns or work with, works with, I think on the back of Twitter, his newsletter, maybe LinkedIn. So I think, I think those were the ones that came to mind for me. What about you? Any, any that you're seeing? That's dope. I mean, yeah, dude, that just shows the power of a personal brand, like a really solid personal brand. Um, And it's funny too, because I only really see him on Twitter. Is he on any other platforms? He is on LinkedIn. He's definitely not as big. I think Twitter is like his moneymaker for sure. Uh, Nick Huber. We haven't we haven't engaged as much lately on Twitter. Let's see where he's at. He's got fifty two thousand followers on on LinkedIn, so not not terrible. Um, he says it, he has about one hundred eighty thousand people on his newsletter, so that's pretty substantial as well. Yeah, and it's probably super high quality, like business owners too. Yeah, hundred percent. Interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, dude, like, I think for for me, I think it's a little bit late to call it for Kill Crew. I think Kill Crew's already too big for me to be like, they're the, they're next up. It's like, they're already up. You know what I mean? But I think like, if I could compare them to some, I think like I'm wearing Aloe, Aloe Yoga right now. Like they're massive. They're probably doing high nine figures or something like that. Like, yeah. right? Um, they could be like that for sure. I'm sure like one day they, they will be a billion dollar company. I think it's kind of cool. Um, Tab Wait, those guys, sorry, those guys were the ones that got me on Twitter. Like those were the guys that literally told me to join Twitter, maybe join Twitter boosted me and helped me get my first thousand followers like within 24 hours or days like because of those guys i'm on, on twitter and, and i think they said that their brand has done like 45 or 50 million dollars since it started yeah dude, it's so funny because you guys are such opposites online very very opposite we were in a mastermind group i met them through some buddies this was probably four years ago we, we would do monthly or kind of quarterly meetups and um they were a lot more tame and mellow in in person than they were online. And again, this was pre a lot of the, the stuff they're doing now. So maybe they've changed. I haven't kept up with them as much, but because of them, I'm on Twitter. So I appreciate them. Yeah, I love those guys. They're awesome. So they're definitely in a crush. I think um, client extension is going to do really well. I think they're going to be sort of like a Sam Ovens type thing in a couple of years. Um, Cause everyone, everyone kind of knows Sam or like even Hermosi, right? Everyone knows yeah. Hermosi business world. I think like, Fazio and the the Knowledge X guys like Andre Christian Dan, I think they're all going to be like pretty well known because they're they're just so good. Like they're just their products is just so good. They're, and it's it's cool because the way they sell their program is sort of just like, um, we're going to teach you how to do what we did to you to get you in here for your business, and we're making more money than you, so you should listen to us kind of thing. Um, where it's like they can say like, yo, check how good this VSL is, and in the VSL, it's kind of like about how the business works, but also it's just, you're watching it going like, man, I wish my VSL was like this. I'm going to buy so I can learn from them. It's sort of weird, but it's, it's funny. Like they're awesome. I'm going to their uh, event in October for sure in Tampa, as long as they don't get wiped out by a hurricane. Um, fingers crossed. Um, and then one more, I think, um, shout out Ben Bader, his agency model, I think is going to be like, I, I mean him specifically, just because he's super fucking smart with a, an industry as an in info um, where like it's growing really fast. And there's a lot of people who are sort of coming up and all of a sudden just like starting businesses in month six, they're making a million dollars a month. And like, he's just, he really knows how to grow that stuff. And there are people that are a couple years ahead of him in the game 
that are like on, on the agency side making millions a month. There's a guy who does something similar, like really similar to what Ben does, same sort of style of working with people. And he charges like 60 grand an hour for coaching calls or something like that, which I think is ridiculously overpriced. But um, so I think, yeah, Ben's going to cry. Like, dude, if, if that's if he wants to grow his business, like Ben's kind of chilling. He's like one or two. He's like he's one guy and he's like the 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 show i guess and then he has he partners with sanjay who does like some paid social stuff and then he has a couple of contractors who will write stuff for him so like super low maintenance if you wanted to build out a team and take it super seriously i think you could easily do a million a month um but you know we'll see we'll see um but this yeah man like uh this was fun i like this one yeah very good um any final words chase no let us know if you like it we love the feedback i, I think last week I got more feedback from just getting text from people and seeing people in person about this. So give us feedback, hit us up on social, send us an email, let us know if you're liking these. All right. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Uh, Cardinal Mason on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Cardinal Mason on IG and then at Ecom Chase Diamond, no A in Diamond. Sounds good, brother. Appreciate you. Cheers.